It's time for faith and life to connect. I first go before God, working on who and what I am before Him and what He's calling me to be as a husband. Where our Christian walk meets our day-to-day life. Dealing with that baggage can mean anything from delaying the marriage to dealing with the baggage. For sure. And where it's okay to laugh a little. Meaningless days, I look at. <laughs> I'm looking at meaningless days and live happily with the woman you love, and I'm trying to figure out how they wind up in the same set. <laughs> We're not saying that the marriage is meaningless. Heaven forbid we say. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for clarifying that. This is The Session with Tom Russell from Heritage Christian Counseling Ministries. What triggers your potential spouse? And that you guys both agree, yeah, they are triggers, and it is, as we grow, something we have to work through. But we're going to give you sort of the grace and space to do that. Thank you for listening to the new Shine FM and the podcast network at shinefmohio.com. This is The Session, and I'm Scott here with Tom from Heritage Christian Counseling Ministries. Laps in, all yeah. good to go? Well, the pool is actually being repaired. It's its annual maintenance, so I did the exercise bike today. Oh, okay. And it all re- right. It reminded me of why I like swimming so much. <laughs> <laughs> Swimming is a, is a great exercise, and it's good therapy, too. It sure is. Yeah. And while I'm out there swimming my laps, then I get the opportunity to, to pray and glorify the Lord and, and just spend time with Him while I'm I swimming. would just think a lot. Mm-hmm. Keep swimming. Don't sink. Don't sink. Breathe. <laughs> breathe. All right. So today we are going to wrap up our conversation about getting your kids back on the sleep schedule. Well, school coming up, that's probably a pretty good idea. Yeah. School starts next week here at Mansfield Christian and uh, I'm sure around most of North Central Ohio. And uh, it's a time when I know my granddaughter is like, no, right. I don't want to go to bed. Yeah, and then there's no, I don't want to get up in the morning. Yeah, it yeah. kind of goes both ways. And for the teacher, too. <laughs> yeah, you got that right. <laughs> as orientation is going on as we speak. Yeah. So we turn to uh, to our study here, and our conversation is from uh, RaisingChildren.net, and I will have all our notes posted right there on the podcast network at ShineFMOhio.com if you come in in middle or want to uh, go over what we talked about last week. Before we dive in and finish this, Tom, we want to turn to God. God's word, and we go to the book of Psalms this morning. And Scott, it's Psalm 4, verse 8. In peace I will lie down and sleep, for you alone, Lord, make me dwell in safety. When I, when I think about in peace, that's the reason why most people don't sleep, is they don't have peace in their minds before they try to go to sleep. They're wrestling with all kinds of things. They're trying to figure out how they're going to fix it, what they're going to do. And that just sends all kinds of things like adrenaline and paradrenaline and cortisol to the bloodstream, which is like an instant shot of caffeine, and you're trying to sleep. Have you found, Tom, that it's just as tough on the parents getting on a sleep schedule with their kids as it is for the kids to get on that sleep schedule? Well, I, I I think so, but I think they're really pumped about the kids going back to school. <laughs> Especially the parent that's home. Yeah, right, so they're motivated to get on that schedule. It might be difficult, but they're going to do it. Yeah. All right, so we're going to jump into adjusting your child's sleep schedule in five easy steps. I want to get some feedback from you. If you try this at home, let us know how this goes. Yes. And we would love to get your comments and get your thoughts and You can always um, text me at 419-774-9862, and you can let us know how this is working for you. Number one, how to adjust your child's sleep schedule. Let's make a consistent bedtime routine. 
and that's that's really important. Some children, they really like to have their moms and dads or one or the other come in and and maybe read a, a story with them before they go to sleep. We used that strategy. And I would say our children did a really great job of helping us fall asleep. <laughs> like, oh, we got dad asleep now. We can go mess around. <laughs> See, my, my dad and I had a very simple method. What's that? Great way to help us both get to sleep. Uh-huh. He tried to help me with math homework. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that was it. Instant way for us both to fall asleep. He wasn't good at math. I wasn't good at math. So that's how we fell asleep. My, now, my daughter is very good at this with my granddaughter. She has a very definite schedule. Right. When they go and they go to bed together, Allison doesn't like to sleep alone. So she and mom sleep in the same room. Oh. And they sit down and they have a, a book or two I think they read, they do a Bible story, they pray together, and then they go to they go to bed. And uh, that seems to work out for Allison. The challenge is getting her up to the bedroom <laughs> to start that. Oh, sure. <laughs> That's always our challenge, but Uh-huh. Yeah, I just wondered about the the parents getting in a, in that schedule too. You know, yeah, because you've got a regular work routine that we have, right? And now you're adding, okay, you got to get the kids to be, which could throw a parent schedule off a little bit too at night. I think so, and they end up getting up earlier to get done what they need to do before they wake the children up. Yeah, so it's an adjustment all the way around. Now, how long should we wait? You know, we're trying to put our kids on a schedule, right? And let's say. We're in two or three weeks into the school year, and this schedule isn't working. Right. You know, how long should we go before we maybe contact you, a pastor or a Christian counselor, and say, hey, I need some help with my kid getting to sleep? Well, it's true. When when life is interrupted, I say period, when life is interrupted like that, yeah, it's time. If we try different strategies and then we want to see, you know, uh, knowledge is power in that context. What What can we learn? That would help. I, I thought about something after last week's show, and I want to make sure we mention it today, especially at this point. When you set this bedroom routine and you actually get them to bed early like you want to, and then they get up like they're supposed to the next day, and it struck me, we need to celebrate that success with them immediately. Absolutely. That's great. Make them want to, hey, I like the way that felt. I'm going to make sure I go to bed on time tonight, too. So we can continue to celebrate. Yeah. And, you know, I think it is so powerful. It is so much easier to celebrate something going right than have to discuss something that's going wrong and why not and having expectations and uh, the negativity that goes with it. It's really pretty simple. I mean, it'd be a whole lot easier to, hey, thanks for getting up on time this morning. Look at you. You're dressed already. Right. Hey, let's go get some breakfast. I'll, I'll run you up here to the Golden Arches and get you an Egg McMuffin or whatever. And... You know, yeah. you can have all kinds of fun as opposed to, would you please get out of bed, throwing the covers off of them and pulling them up? And Oh, that gets me yeah. really negative. Oh, yeah. You're right. Yeah. Well, and, and the celebration of success is so important there. When we say to the, uh, our child who did really well getting up and, and getting dressed, let's celebrate what would you like to do? What, what would be a celebration to you? And we do keep this in mind, one rule of thumb, is they can't spend mom and dad into bankruptcy. <laughs> <laughs> That's always a helpful thing, yes. Yeah. But but to do something like that is so much more manageable. And, and look at what it does to the relationship. Much better relationship. Yeah, they're much closer. And, it, and all of a sudden, that's not a negative. It could be a positive. All of a sudden, going to bed early is a fun thing. 
and celebrates the success when they do go to bed early. Let the last thing they hear you say is, thanks for coming up and getting ready for bed on time. That's right. That that makes it a whole lot easier for mom and dad. And, and you know, and now all of a sudden the kid's feeling better and they can relax going to sleep. Well, it's another opportunity to celebrate, too. Yeah. Ha- getting them in bed. <laughs> I wasn't going to say corralled, but we're gonna... <laughs> yeah, and in bed is another opportunity to celebrate yeah that's just step number one we got four more to go tom this is going we're going to do this today i believe you number we're two gonna celebrate that. that's right <laughs> establish a relaxing setting at bedtime well it's really interesting when i think about our grandchildren and all four of them have different bedtime routines two of them really have a, a set routine where there's a quiet time before they go to bed and, and they snuggle with mom and dad and they read a story, uh, that would be the grandchildren in Florida. <laughs> yeah. The, the grandchildren in Boston, they have a set routine where I, I think they lay down with them. And what's really interesting to me is here is where you know the heritage, again, comes into play. We would lay down with our children at night and read a story with them. So going to bed was not a time of negativity, a time of hassle, which only gets the adrenaline flowing anyway if it is like that. And how are you supposed to sleep? Right. So those two really do well. And then our our grandchildren in Texas, they had special uh, circumstances, shifts that mom and dad both worked were off. So Oftentimes, they knew early on, they taught their children, yeah, it's time to go to bed and you go to bed nicely. Well, they made it pretty clear that that was going to, and the children did. And because one would be working days and one was working nights at times, when they would get up in the morning, our grandchildren were responsible for getting themselves dressed. Well, our, our granddaughter is in sixth grade. And I believe our grandson, somewhere in the neighborhood <laughs> of second or third grade, oh, somewhere, wow. somewhere. And so they actually looked after each other and helped each other get ready for school. So it's a different routine that they all have, but they're all successful in the end. And it just comes from teamwork, mom and dad working together and, and helping the under the expectations being understood. That's true. And on Facebook yesterday, our, our grandchildren in Florida our son took a picture of them just before they got on the bus. Well, our little eight-year-old second grader was pumped up. He was so excited about <laughs> going the first day of school. And here our fifth-grade grandson, the look in his face was like, oh, brother. <laughs> oh, my. You know, whatever. I had a dad joke earlier this week I do on Beyond Belief. The kid comes home. Mom says, what would you learn in school today, honey? Kid. Not enough. I got to go back tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, you can see the goal of the kid there. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Adjusting your child's sleep schedule for school in five easy steps. Number three, make the bedroom quiet. Oh, I love this bedroom. Mm-hmm. Quiet, dark, and a little bit cool. Well, I like it cool in our bedroom because then we cuddle a little bit more. <laughs> Well, see, we're talking about our children here, not our not <laughs> not true. spousal relationship. But other than that, I wouldn't want it cool. I would want it. I would want it warm. I'm not real sure how what it being cool has to do with it. 
I would think that would be annoying enough. It would keep them awake. I actually sleep, sleep better when it's cool. Interesting. We can have the air conditioner on and we'll still run a fan in the bedroom. It serves two purposes, I think. What's it? Okay. The fan's got a little bit of a, uh-huh. a little bit of a white noise to it. Uh-huh. And the cool air actually helps me you get under the blankets, which oh. warms you up. Okay. And you can you relax and I relax. Uh-huh. Whereas when it's hot, right. And I'm just laying there on top of the covers and I'm sweating laying in bed. You can't relax enough to get comfortable. Well, compared to when it's too hot, I, yeah. that makes sense. You, you, it's difficult to sleep. So quiet and dark, and I think for children, that's probably very, very appropriate. I think it's also true, we, I think we talked in the last show about how some kind of white noise, for us it was hair dryers and fans and, and sweepers, and you know, I think I mentioned we wore out a few of those. <laughs> <laughs> But that constant noise then conditions them to sleep. That's the whole point behind the white noise, that eventually that's what's going to happen, is they're going to be conditioned. When they hear it, they're going to go to sleep. Which can be a problem when they get older and you tell them to go vacuum the living room floor and they turn on the vacuum cleaner and they fall asleep. <laughs> that explains <That's>... what happened. <laughs> oh, man, my my parents must have used that with me, too, because... <laughs> My mom actually took pictures of me cleaning my bedroom with the sweeper next to me, and I'm laying on the floor fast asleep. <laughs> That's exactly the way I like the room, though. I don't like lights on. Mm-hmm. I don't like windows open when the sun's up. In fact, I even have, um, uh, I don't know, the, the, the things to cover your eyes up yeah, when it's yeah. too bright. My wife, however, earbuds in, something on her phone that she's listening to. And she didn't mind the light being on. She can doesn't right. bother her a bit. And I'm like, I got to turn that light off. Yeah, I can go to sleep about anywhere, light or dark. I yeah, you know, I can too until it's bedtime. Interesting. There's something about bedtime. I can take a nap right any place, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. especially on I-71. <laughs> but <laughs> not recommended. Not recommended. <laughs> not a suggested therapy. But but when it's bedtime, right? And I know it's bedtime. Dark, quiet, cool. God, that's what my bedroom's got, and it drives uh-huh. my wife nuts. Oh, sure. Well, and you know what? You guys are opposites. You have differences, and that's what part of marriage is trying to connect with those differences and honor the differences and somewhere meet in the middle. Well, I think that's why she wants me to finish the basement. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Yeah. Well, good. Now you can go and have your nice, cool, dark place. (laughs) The mushrooms are growing down there, too. Go go to the basement and sleep. No. Uh, Number four of adjusting your child's sleep schedule. I'll call you to talk about mine. Okay. Uh, Now, here's an important. This is a battleground when you get a a preteen. Do not have computers or televisions in the bedroom. Yeah. I couldn't agree with that more. And I've shared this in other parenting shows that we've done. When children are six, seven, eight, or nine in that area, and they mess up, and we tell them, well, you go to your room. Go to your room. They, they mess up, well, you go to your room. So then they become teenagers, and they look at their room as a safe haven. Right. And because there's a computer in there, they can play computer games, they can uh, have their phone, they do social media, they have TV. So... See, that's that's where it becomes problematic. And so I think we want to be careful about conditioning 
our children to look at their rooms as a safe haven? Do we want them out in the social areas of the house and you know, want to have relationship with them and connection? Well, when they're glued to a computer, we all know computers and games like that can be addicting for hours. Yes. And what exactly are they seeing on TV or on the computer on the internet when they're in their rooms? How do you juggle that with, though, the idea of having the computer in their room where they can do their schoolwork with so much schoolwork done on computer now? Well, yeah, it's a great, great question. I think that that has to happen. However, the, there has to be management. And, and you, you're right, it seems like all schools provide students with tablets of some sort. Right, here it's Chromebooks. And so if they're on that Chromebook, doesn't the school have some kind of preventive software on it where they can't go? Yeah, it does restrict website usage. Yeah, There are only certain things they can do, certain I know they do do some restriction on words that can be typed in, so searches are harder. Uh huh. Um, but you know, it just concerns me. I you know there are actually two computers in our bedroom. One is mine that I use for my audio work, and that's about all I'm really on it because I look at computers here all day. Yeah, sure. I get home, I don't want to look at another oh, computer. Oh, absolutely. And my wife works from home two days a week still, so hers is in there. And she has to pack it up and take it in with her every day when I take her to work now, mm-hmm. the other three days of the week. Yeah. So that, that was my, I was concerned about that. When they're younger, I get it. You know, they don't need a TV in their room. They don't need a phone. But then all of a sudden you hit that 12, 13. Right. They want a TV in their room with cable. They've got the computer so they can do their schoolwork. And I was starting to wonder, right. how do you, you know, I guess maybe it's programming the computer so that it's. It turns off every night at midnight to make sure they're not up. Some people, I believe it would be the Wi-Fi, the modem. That's uh, so getting a little over yeah. my pay grade. Yeah, definitely mine. Yes, that they can actually shut that off and set it on a timer. Oh, okay. So that at a certain time of the night, it's going to go off. Okay. So you can set your parenting controls. And then now we're back to telephone management, cell phone management. And right. you've advocated before, the phones are deposited in the kitchen or wherever you want to store them for the night. Yes, where they're charged and no, in a, in no a, usage till morning. Right in a safe with a, a <laughs> lock on it. In a safe with a timed combination <laughs> lock. All right, let's yeah. see number five in the adjusting your child's sleep schedule. Get up at the same time every morning. Does that include Saturday and Sunday? I was going to ask you that. Great question, Tom. Glad you asked it. Okay. What's the answer? Yeah. <laughs> we should probably come up with one. We're supposed to know that answer. I would struggle with it saying Saturday morning the children couldn't sleep in some, as well as Sunday morning is church. And I remember for us, our goal, which really worked out well, the goal was if you're ready on time early enough, we go to the Golden Arches. Well, you know, there's four of them, so we had to go to the Golden Arches. Bob Evans was too too expensive. That sit-down place was much too expensive. Yes, for sure. So we would do it, and if they were late for it, we were still going to be on time. But you know what, you guys? Sorry about that, but you didn't, you know, reality therapy. You Here's a Pop-Tart. Yeah. Yeah, you can nuke it. We got 30 seconds for that, and we're out of here. Right. But. So that becomes a, a routine. What's interesting now that all the children are long since gone, Kathy and I have this tradition still 
of going out to breakfast before church on Sunday morning. Yeah, interesting. And she tells us the same thing to me. Well, honey, if you're ready in time. Well, <laughs> no. Now that, and it going to, I hate to keep talking about my daughter, but she does the same thing with Allison. Yeah. They get around on Sunday morning and they have a Sunday morning habit. If you're ready on time, we'll go get you your chicken biscuit and you can eat that and on the way to church and then we'll be there for Sunday school. Yeah. And it seems to help motivate Allison and it's one way we keep her going. Well, and it's some ownership for the children. They're working toward a goal that they have. Yeah. And it's not a bad thing. It's a good thing, I think. And it's, it gives you one other way to celebrate, too, when they do. Yes, absolutely. That's a good thing. Who yeah. knew we'd turn sleeping into celebration of success? <laughs> Who knew that could happen? Leave it oh, to us. Tom, I hate to even say this. Oh, my. We're going to have to go to a third week of this because I, I want us to be able to talk about insomnia. Okay. But I don't know that we have the time to be able to do it in the way I think we ought to. Let's just touch on this real quick as we wrap up, though. How What kind of a role does anxiety play with sleep problems? If you're starting to see your kids are not getting sleep, even if you've got to go to bed at a certain right. time, get up at the right time, mm-hmm. what kind of role does anxiety play? Well, Scott, research would suggest that there's a negative correlation between the lack of sleep, and the higher degree of anxiety. So the more the anxiety, usually you're going to find the less the sleep. When anxiety is an issue, one place we want to look and we want to try and help treat is what kind of sleep are you getting? It's amazing when we get good, deep, therapeutic sleep, what it does to our bodies and how our bodies are regenerated. Our minds are resting more and healing and growing. But if we're not sleeping... It's not getting that opportunity. So that's where you, and where you start looking at, okay, what's going on at school? Right. What's going on at home? And that kind of dovetails to as we finish up sleep here, we're going to go into our annual conversation about bullying. That may be reflected in a child much before they say anything. You might see that they're not sleeping as well. well. It's right. It's one of the patterns that would be interrupted. And we want to ask, why are, aren't they sleeping? Well, at night they're thinking about what's going to happen tomorrow. Right. That's You take care of that. The sleep issue is not an issue anymore. Yeah, I wanted to make sure we got that in this morning that if you're seeing that start to happen as school gets going, then it might be also be time to chat with a Christian counselor, which leads me to the pertinent question. If somebody wants to start a conversation with you, right? how do they do that? Well, Scott, I can be reached at heritagechristiancounselingministries.com. And it's a great place for you to see everything that that's on Tom's plate and some of the other folks that he works with. And I'm hoping in the coming yeah. weeks you might get to meet one or two or four of them Yes, as we kind of go through this. So uh, thank you for joining us here on the podcast network at ShineFMOhio.com. And thank you for joining us today on Shine FM for the session. 